Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, February the 28th. And welcome to our commentary. I think the big, big story here in the last couple of hours is that uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, senator from Kentucky, and more important than that, uh, the Senate at this point minority leader and could be the majority leader, uh, could have been the majority leader uh, in a few months if the Republicans take over the Senate. But he's decided that he's going to step down in November uh, from the position of Senate minority leader, from a leadership position. He'll continue in the Senate. I think he's got a couple of years to go before his term is up, and then he'll probably retire at the, at that point. The problem here is that he's getting older. And not only is he's getting older, but he's had a few, let's just say, difficult moments with health issues here recently. And I think it's probably time for him to step down. I mean, that's just that's what happens in in life. Now, the tricky issue is that Kentucky has a Democrat governor. This is the fellow by the name of uh, Kershaw, I think his name is or whatever his name is. And he would appoint a Democrat to fill the term. So you got to be. You got to be careful with losing that seat because the, you know, when you're down to one or two votes, uh, one way or the other, in the Senate uh, majority, you got to really preserve every every seat. So he will he will stick around until election, uh, the next election, and let's just hope the Republicans can replace uh, Mitch McConnell with a Republican senator. Probably they will, given how red. Uh, Kentucky is. The one thing I will say about Mitch McConnell is whatever you may feel about him, he was a very effective uh, majority leader and minority leader in getting uh, people in the Supreme Court and in the judges. And I think he did a fantastic job in, you know, stocking uh, the courts with a lot of good people and certainly the Supreme Court. He had a big hand in putting the last three, the last three who gave us the six, three conservative uh, majority. So I think that he was a, a very effective leader. And uh, we'll see who comes next, who the next uh, one will be. I wouldn't be surprised if John Toon out of South Dakota becomes the new leader, or maybe Senator Scott out of uh, Florida. Those are the two that come into my head as potential potential replacements of Mitch McConnell. But I think overall, he was an effective leader. And making sure that uh, judges got in, which is one of the most important jobs that a leader a leader has. Well, they had a primary in Michigan yesterday, and uh, you'll probably hear a few things about the primary. President uh, Trump and President Biden both uh, had a pretty big night, uh, at least according to the numbers. On the Republican side, about 1.1 million people voted, and they gave uh, President Trump like 70% of the vote. He came in about 40 points ahead of uh, Nikki Haley. On the Democrat side, they had about 750,000 people vote, and they gave uh, President uh, Biden a pretty good margin, I think 68, 70% of the vote. The big story, there's two big stories out of Michigan, and we don't know what they mean yet. Uh, we will probably more know a lot more in November. The first story is the, the difference, the disparity in the turnout. You know, there was a big difference between the Republicans who turned out and the Democrats who turned out. As I say, 1.1 million Republicans, less than 800,000 Democrats. That's a big difference. That's about 300,000 votes. That's a huge difference uh, that could play a factor in the turnout in November. On 
The other side, also another big important issue that we don't know its impact, but uh, we may know in November, is there were something like 110,000 or 13% of the Democrats voted uncommitted. Now, a lot of that uh, comes from Democrats who are very angry with President Biden's policies in the Middle East. And there are some communities in Michigan where they're Muslim majority, where they're apparently, they're very angry with President Biden. And that's what that uncommitted was all about. Now, I have to tell you something. Uh, yesterday, before the vote, I was listening to Byron York. He's a very talented and very accomplished uh, political commentator out of Washington, D.C. And he was on one of the radio shows. I don't remember which one, but he said that he thought 5% was about what uh, it was going to be, about 5% uncommitted. Well, it ended up being 13%. So that's a lot of people, 13% being uncommitted. Again, we don't know exactly how much of a factor uh, this is going to be, but I think it will be a factor. You cannot discount the fact that uh, 13% of the Democrats who voted decided to go uncommitted. That's a, it's a big number. That's a big number, and that presents a problem, I think a challenge for whoever the Democrat is, whether it's Biden or somebody else, because the party will continue to support uh, the, the policy in Israel, whether it's Biden or anybody else running. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. But I think those are the two big stories of Michigan. Not so much the results. We expected both Biden and Trump to win. But two, two, two big uh, issues coming out of, the two big stories coming out of Michigan. Number one, the turnout heavily in favor of the Republicans, and this 13% uncommitted, what does that mean? And how many of those uncommitted are going to vote Democrat in the fall, or perhaps will follow some other uh, third-party option? We will see. We will see uh, as, the, as the campaign unfolds. Now, I have a, an article that uh, will appear that, actually, I had an article today over at the American Thinker, and it's called The Trump Addiction. And what I'm talking about is this crazy thing that is happening in the country where everybody has to give us an opinion about uh, President Trump, especially a negative opinion about President Trump. And the latest one to do it was Bob Costas. You know, I'm sure those of you of my generation remember growing up uh, watching uh, the NBC Saturday Game of the Week and watching Bob Costas uh, do the pregame show and then later World Series games that he would do. And he was a great, he was great. He was great at... Uh, at uh, reporting baseball. But yesterday, or in the last few days, he decided he was going to get into political commentary and went after the people who voted for Trump, calling these people part of some kind of a crazy cult or whatever. And in this article that I wrote, I make the point that this is now very fashionable for people to attack Trump. I mean, if you want to get yourself invited to a show here, or you maybe even want to write a book, or you want to be taken seriously by the media, you say something about Trump, and that will automatically get you invited to one of the shows. And I call it the Trump addiction, this idea that some people are so addicted to Trump that they have to tell us what they think about Trump, even if most of us don't want to hear what they have to say about Trump. And in the case of Bob Costas, that really surprised me, that he would, you know, he would dive into this fashion into the political arena, especially when he was attacking voters. He was attacking voters, the people who voted for, for Trump. And I think people need to understand that there's 75 million people who voted for Trump. And, and to attack him in this fashion, I think it's, uh, 
very, very short-sighted. By the way, I've got a post uh, coming out Thursday about more shooting and more violence in Mexico. There were a couple of candidates running for mayor in a small town in Mexico who were killed. And this is something that has really been uh, hurting Mexico here over the last few years. And that's this boom in violence and the attacks on journalists, the attacks on politicians. And it's turning out to be a very violent election. And it hasn't even started yet. The campaigning doesn't start until Friday, the 1st of March. That's when the campaigning starts. And they're already shooting uh, politicians. Now, in the case of these two who were shot, the article that I linked to uh, basically says that the, what the cartels are figuring out is that they they have to they have to go after mayors and city council members because those are the ones that they have more influence with because those are the ones who are in parts of the country that they need to travel or they need to move to. So that's uh, the reason that they attack many of these small town mayors and they create panic in these small communities because they don't have that much of a police force. They don't have that much of an ability to defend themselves against these well-financed and frankly, very well-armed uh, Mexican criminal elements. So check out the post. It'll be, uh, it'll be available tomorrow about the violence in Mexico, the violence against journalists and some of the politicians as well. Well, we remember today, we remember today one of the one of the real rockers of the 1960s, and that's Brian Jones, who was a part of the, the Rolling Stones. He was one of the original members of the Rolling Stones who, if, if, you, if you like the Rolling Stones and you know who I'm talking about, he was a guitarist, very popular, had blonde hair, very uh, good-looking guy, and he was born on this day in 1942. Now, he passed away very young. He passed away in 1969. Brian had a real problem with addictions, and he got addicted into some bad stuff, and just uh, he couldn't keep up his career with the Rolling Stones because the addictions made him very unreliable, showing up to the studio or, or whatever. Eventually, he was, you know, some people say he was fired. Other people say he was let go. But nevertheless, he uh, was no longer a member of the Rolling Stones, and he died a few months later. They found him dead in the swimming pool. So Brian Jones, one of the real musical personalities and frankly one of the most talented uh young people of rock music in the 1960s passed away uh in 1969 at the age of 27 and again from drug addictions he just couldn't control himself and eventually uh well the addictions got to him but we remember today brian jones born on this day in 1942 and if you if you listen to the rolling stones his biggest contribution is on that song, Painted Black, where he plays the sitar on that song and that very incredible sound of, of the Rolling Stones and uh, Painted Black. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.